Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. This week's show will discuss the new fight against gun violence by covering the surge in gun sales and along with other gun violence prevention groups, what GAG is demanding from the Biden-Harris administration to pass safer gun laws. But first, here is Sarah Jermaine Lilly with the In Memoriam. At this time, we remember and honor victims of gun violence. In Memoriam, Kezi Childs, 42 years old. Raymond Childs, 42 years old. Elijah Childs, 18 years old. Rita Childs, 13 years old. Kiara Hawkins, 19 years old, and her unborn child died January 24th, 2021, Indianapolis, Indiana. In custody is a 17-year-old male accused of the mass shooting in his family home, and one surviving younger brother is still hospitalized and recovering from gunshot wounds. The teenager said he was downstairs with his parents when they heard gunfire upstairs. His sister shrieked, he shot them, and more shots rang out. He said his brother then came downstairs with a Draco gun, a handgun that shoots rifle rounds, and started shooting, the police report states. The younger brother ran out of the house as his sibling followed behind him and opened fire multiple times. It's believed those shots were the ones neighbors reported hearing. I just seen her like probably a month and a half ago, maybe, said Anastasia D., a childhood friend of Kezi Childs. She was just a wonderful woman, wonderful mother, soon to be grandmother, even the family. Everyone was great, said Anastasia. To take a whole family out like that, I just don't understand, Vicki Pinkston told WTHR. Pinkston, who lives across the street from the crime scene, said she recently dropped off a few baby items for the expectant mother. The shooting came weeks after Indianapolis recorded its most violent year on record with 244 homicides. Indiana has some of the most lenient gun laws in the U.S. Thank you, Sarah. That was a tragic story. I was looking at the photos of the child's family while Sarah was describing that tragedy. And you can visit our Human Beings page on Facebook at Gag Human Beings, and you can see photos of the child's family with their story, uh, along with others who have lost their lives to gun violence that we honor and remember on this show. And now for the news. Uh, this story was brought up in a gag meeting last week, and I wanted to uh, wanted to share it on air. Uh, it's from the Washington Post on February 3rd. Uh, it's talking about firearm sales in January. More than 2 million firearms were bought last month. This is according to the Washington Post analysis of federal gun background check data. 
2 million firearms, that's an 80% year-over-year spike. And that also makes January 2021 the third highest one-month total on record. Now, for months, we've seen background checks increase, sales of firearms and ammunition increase, um, and it's also in line with last year's pace. Uh, nearly 23 million firearms were bought last year, 2020, representing a 64% jump since 2019. Uh, just try to remember your reaction to the attack on the Capitol, January 6th, trying to make sense of it, whatever was going through your mind. Now take into account that other citizens of this country, what happened in their mind was to go and arm up in record numbers. This next article is from Washington Associated Press, and it's about traveling with guns. Although there are fewer air travelers in the United States last year, less people were flying, uh, but there's a higher percentage of them were carrying guns. So the Transportation Security Administration said that screeners found 3,257 firearms on passengers or in their carry-on bags in 2020. Uh, another way to look at it is that's 10 for every million travelers. 83% of those guns, they found 3,257 firearms on passengers or, or in carry-on bags. 83% of those guns were loaded. And as a reminder, uh, federal law prohibits passengers, other than law enforcement, or law enforcement, uh, from bringing guns or ammunition into the cabin. Although unloaded guns are permitted in checked bags that go into the cargo hold. I've done this myself. I've had a bag checked that was a weapon and it was locked. Uh, you don't have it on you. Yet regular citizens show up to the airport, not just with a random firearm that they're traveling with, but an armed one. It's on them. It's in their bag, going to the airport. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gaze Against Gun show, here on listener-sponsored, commercial-free WBAI. Well, I have a fellow gagger here, Bridget McGinn. We're going to be discussing all of these demands to the Biden-Harris administration. So I want to invite, uh, I wanted to invite Bridget into this discussion. We were talking, you haven't been on the radio in, in a little while, you said before, right? No, I haven't been on. Okay, well, welcome back to Radio Gag. Radio Gag. Hi, Radio Gag. Um, we have a campaign to, it was part of our inauguration campaign to tell the Biden-Harris administration our demands as gun violence prevention activists, but also as gag. Yeah, like even to say like some of the people did in it, like, you know, uh, we're into the, we've started the hundred days of the, you know, or the beginning of the Biden-Harris administration. And, and we want to add our voice to keeping gun violence uh, on the agenda, at the top of the agenda, because it intersects everything. Let's listen to one or two now, and then we can discuss them. Sounds good. Hey, 
my name is Hal, and what I would like to see in your administration is strengthening gun laws and access to firearms. It's a suicide prevention issue. I have met several people who have attempted suicide that got help and are living full, happy lives now. They have stated that if they had a gun, they wouldn't be here today. Standing here at the AIDS Memorial in the West Village in New York City to wish President Biden and Vice President Harris all the success in their new administration as a member of Gays Against Guns. And to say that my hope for your administration is that you pay real attention to the way that white supremacy has spread throughout law enforcement in this country for the entire existence of law enforcement at the local level, at the state level, at the federal level, and also in civil defense. We need your administration to address this problem in no uncertain terms, to root these white supremacists out of positions of power in order to protect the citizens of the United States. Thank you. That was Hal talking about suicide prevention and gun violence, then Jay talking about white supremacy and law enforcement in this country. Uh, when in doubt on this show, I always play uh, a Jay Walker speech. We are with uh, Bridget McGinn, a fellow gagger. So yeah, I also contributed. I said, um, I only needed to say one thing. If you're going to go and make all of these uh, changes right away, the first and easiest thing you can do is ban assault weapons. It's been done more than once in this country. Yeah. Uh, so it can be done again. And I can see why in this country now, an administration is intimidated about making any um, gun restrictions. Well, yeah. And I think that part of the reason why, unfortunately, is because we don't have enough federal control and we don't have enough laws in place and, and we have an awful lot that's waiting and waiting to get passed through so that people can act on it. And so unfortunately the new administration does not have the tools it needs to be able to safely get some control over the guns that are in everybody's back pocket. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just craziness, but the fact is, the fact is we haven't had any advancement of lawmaking. And so we don't have what we need. The government doesn't have what it needs to be able to do what they need to do. And so, yeah, they're gonna rile up people who think that um, the delusional people who are believing on an election didn't happen, who also believe that they have a right to make everyone else believe the election didn't happen with their arms, you know, walking armed in the street. And that's a, that's a problem. It's absolutely unacceptable and cannot be normalized. And that's one of the reasons that we're making these demands. What were some of the other demands from GVP groups that you wanted to discuss? Well, I think what I find most interesting is that all of the various um, gun violence prevention and policy groups across the country have identified the fact that the Biden and Harris administration needs to make a better effort at addressing the things that are necessary to end gun violence in our country. So everybody has... Uh, Many organizations have put forth letters and petitions and um, uh, GAG has signed on with all of our, our uh, colleagues in the various um, 
bubbles of gun violence prevention from DC to small towns and grassroots. Um, so one group is the Chi-Town GVP Summit Youth Group. They just put out a um, petition that people could sign. We'll put a link up on it on our social media so people can, Gaze Against Guns is gonna sign it right now. Um, and they're asking President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris uh, for some pretty simple things. They'd like to keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them by strengthening the background check system. Um, prioritize solutions to the city gun violence, de devastating communities every day. Heal a traumatized country by making schools safe, confronting armed hate and extremism, preventing suicide, and centering and supporting survivors of gun violence. And launch, launch a major firearm data project and protect the public with modern gun safety technology. And that's a really important one. And that's all on their petition, which you can go online and sign at the Chi-Town GVP Summit. Um, but that last one's really important too, because we have an, we know an awful lot more about gun um, technology, safety, as well as identifying guns that should be put in place to have us um, be able to have some laws to keep track of things and keep people safe. Right. I wish I could be able to properly quote who I heard on the, the, the call I was on uh, I think two weeks ago, but um, it was a perfectly a perfect description of inner city violence, saying that the citizens are living in a slow motion mass shooting. It's she said living here is the exact same thing, but it's just in slow motion. Yeah, the people yeah. around you are dying. You know, at numbers uh, that a mass shooting would get headlines. For. so mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. except those... they're in different locations but probably within 24 hours add up to in many unfortunate cases add up to the the number of a mass shooting but uh you know it's terrible and that's an awful awful trauma to feel like the whole community feels that all day every day and they raise their children in, and they go to school in it and they do business in it and it's an energy you can feel it you know there's you like there's just it's not safe and it's not healable because it's never over it's just continues and continues and continues and i we've learned through this year that the gun deaths and the way people um the loss of life that we've had, especially with people at home, um, could have been avoided. Well, yeah, and and the whole idea of, of the intimidation factor of a gun has been so normalized. You know, we see it all the time. We see it in, you, you know, movies. We see it in, in real life. We see it in, in, in the, with the police you know, it's just become normalized that you can carry a gun like that. And, and that's not normal. It's not normal, you know, but we've made it, it has become normal. And that's the problem. And I don't think that, uh, you know, the next, it doesn't take long for that gun to be, hands to be on the trigger. And also, you know, the government, you speak about the government, the, the, the fear of doing anything to rile up the armed insurrectionists, right? Well, the armed insurrectionists 
first of all, are, are not protected by the Second Amendment. But the fact is, they are protected by a fact that we don't have a federal domestic terrorism statute. We have one for international terrorism. But there are like, that's how unprepared this administration is by virtue of nothing having happened, including things that didn't happen that Obama couldn't get to happen because he was blocked and such, including of course the, the ridiculousness that was taken apart by the last presidency. So, you know, they are stuck with an awful lot of laws that need to be put into place and solutions that need to be um, put into action in order to move forward. So the first thing they have to do is get some laws in place so that we can do what we need to do as a country. Well, thank you. Uh, that's a great way to sum it up. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we want you back on the radio again with us. Uh, we'll have to find, um, there's a lot of new topics will be coming up, so we have to find something. There's so much going on. And, you know, I hope that everybody remembers, you know, all the survivors that 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 live with the trauma of gun violence and remember all of the children and students and um, who's, there's like too many anniversaries to even recall, you know, it's been three years since Parkland, it's been 12 years since Sandy Hook, I think it's been 22 years since Columbine. And still, we're still talking about this, trying to make, um, you know, on top of all of the civil unrest and, and Black Lives Matter and the the recourses and, but the things that have to be put in place because if this administration doesn't move forward very, very quickly towards peace and justice, um, they're gonna be sorry. They don't have laws in place about Americans' right to be armed in public places. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio, WBAI. We are here every Tuesday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. bringing you the latest from the gun violence prevention movement. Gays Against Guns is urging our listeners to keep free speech radio alive by rushing a tax-deductible donation to WBAI 99.5 FM. And become a Radio Gag BAI buddy. Visit WBAI.org or go to give to WBAI. That's G-I-V-E numeral two WBAI.org and support WBAI right now. Right now. Today we have a special premium when you become a WBAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. We'll send you a copy of Grace Will Lead Us Home by Pulitzer Prize winning author Jennifer Barry Hawes. Go to give to WBAI.org. That's give numeral to WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602. That's 516-620-3602. You know, Jennifer is such a generous person. She is donating these books to us. 
she's also giving the proceeds from the book to a scholarship fund for young journalists of color. Oh, that is so cool. I want to thank Bridget McGinn for our discussion on the new fight against gun violence and what the gun violence prevention community is demanding from the new Biden-Harris administration and what we want from the rest of the country. Thanks for listening, and we're back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you with Bridget and I discussing our first Bloody Valentine action. I'm Ty Kersley, and thanks again for listening to Radio Gag. Well, I think that one of the things that we miss so much about um, not being able to be out and about um, with Gays Against Guns is the actions that we could do in person. And one of my favorites was uh, when we had a bad romance of the NRA and the GOP and, uh, and, and, Cheetolina, we called her Cheetolina. That's right. Um, our beautiful drag, Cheetolina, and we sang um, "My Bloody Valentine" and brought brought attention to the fact that the NRA has um, paid off so many politicians who have um, not permitted laws to go through and law- bills to be passed that would help uh, keep us safe from gun violence. And we, we went all around town and we did it in the subway. We did it in, in Washington Square and um, just put on a little show to bring attention because, you know, everybody in New York stops for a show. And, uh, and then we got our message across and had a good time. So this is a song from that. And you can go online, I think, if you go to um, Gaze Against Guns on YouTube, you can see it. And we'll probably post it again on our other social media, too. So that yeah, it's pre sing out Louise. So Correct. it's one of our it's, it's like a gag reflex. Right. So um from the vault. We, yes, we will from we the will vault. uh end in today's show with my bloody Valentine from Gaze Against Guns. My bloody, bloody Valentine. Valentine. <laughs> twisted Valentine. Thousands will die. Offer prayer. I'll sign any bill for you. Congress will kill for you. Pay bloody Valentine. Pay. Love me the NRA.
with another $20 million. And Trump and Congress love the NRA back. Their bad romance, ladies and gentlemen, leads to 33,000 tragic deaths every year. About 50 times a year, a toddler kills someone with a firearm they find in their own home. About 50 times a month, a lover is shot to death by an abusive partner. About 50 times a day, someone commits suicide with a gun. Now that they want guns everywhere, in our theaters, in our schools, in our nightclubs.